This podcast is brought to you by WeTransfer, the world's largest file transfer service. Since 2009, WeTransfer's free platform has been enabling creative thinkers around the world. Visit wetransfer.com today and see for yourself. It's Giles Peterson and this is The Psychology of DJing. Now we've had Black Madonna, we've had Seth Troxler, we've had IG Culture. For this episode, I wanted to get into the head of one of the great resident DJs. His name is Craig Richards, a DJ who's held down the residency at Fabric, one of London's biggest and most important clubs, of course. He regularly played at the legendary club, The End, amazing club, somehow connected to Fabric in spirit anyway. He started out going to parties at Boscombe Pier in Bournemouth and playing in clubs around the South Coast. He's a Bournemouth boy. As part of his residency at Fabric, he was also somebody who was very important in booking the artists who would come in and play at Fabric. One of those artists that he was certainly responsible for breaking into the UK public was Ricardo Villalobos. He also runs his own record label, The Nothing Special, and he's someone who is consistently dedicated to finding and playing new records. My guest for this episode of The Psychology of DJing is Craig Richards. And we started off by talking about playing at big festivals. I just did Sonar for uh, for the, the actual festival this week. and played to an enormous amount of people, m- much more than I'm used to, and walked onto a stage that sort of felt like it should have a band on it. And this is, you know, it's especially playing records, what, mixing two records in front of something near to sort of eight, nine, ten thousand people, watching two needles in a groove and bringing a mix in, is, it's, it's very fragile. It's almost an argument for for, for CDJs in a sense, but... Well, certainly at festivals. Yeah, well, festivals, because often it's 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 a ruckus and the, the needles jump and that's the last thing you need. But at Sonar, obviously, it's impeccable, the sound and the, the equipment is it's absolutely 150%. But it's still a very fragile thing and and, and, and an exciting, nervous, beautiful thing. Um, yes, I mean I don't do th- I don't do those things so much, but it, but a wonderful experience is just another take on. I mean, it can be just as scary being in a small place because in, in somewhere like that, it's a sea of faces, and somehow it's it's a moving group of humans, but not they're not that are not right in front of you, and there's not you know not the chin strokers, you know, when you've got that the 20 people, the 600 people, and then the 20 people. And sometimes you make the mistake of, especially if some of those 20 people are your friends or a DJ you respect, you can make, I'm sure you've done this too, you end up playing for them, which is not, cannot, it doesn't always work. You know, you you, you end up, and you're almost sort of frightened because someone's in the room that you really respect. And it it, it can go really wrong, I think, unless you can relax into it. You know? I had a I had a funny thing on Sunday. I was doing I do a residency in Paris, which I've been doing for five years every couple of months. And anyway, I'd been DJing for a couple of hours, and it was really hot that day. But anyway, I was DJing, and the promoter we had a guest DJ, Kieran K15 was DJing. Um, he was on. But anyway, for some odd reason, um, I'm about two and a half hours into a set, and it's like coming towards the end, and Kieran's about to come on, and the promoter comes behind me on the stage, and he just shouts in my ear. Um, 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 Kieran's behind you, right? As in the next DJ. But I thought he said Laurent's behind you, and I thought he meant Laurent Garnier, right? Yeah, so, course, yeah, yeah. so suddenly I was like, okay, knee so trembler. I, I, didn't turn, <laughs> I didn't turn around. I mean, my set went really strange for the final thirty minutes, and 
and everything, you know, I, I just thought everything differently because I thought he was there. And, yeah. and then I turned around and he wasn't there. It was kind of, oh no. And I felt really relieved because I kind of, but felt like I'd let Slightly myself- Slightly annoyed. <laughs> 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 Here's, um, tell me, what do you do? What do you do when you're in the middle of a gig and uh, it's not really working Everyone's out? leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's not working out. And have you got any kind of, you know, ways to, and your head's not in it or you're just like, you're getting, you're finding yourself disconnecting. Have you got sort of tricks to kind of get yourself back into showbiz mode or whatever it is? Um, I guess in the early stages of a set, you, you know you know when people are on your side. So if, if people are on your side, they've either either because they've come to see you or they like what you do, then you, you're instantly aware of it. So it's it's more about the, off, the, the offset of the, you know, the, the beginning of the set. Maybe you've got to try a few things, throw that at them, throw that at them, see where that goes. If, if they're starting to feel that, Usually I don't really, I don't worry about it too much, but I, and I'm, I'm, I've never been scared to go down in flames, really. I think that's one of the things I've worked out from Fabric. It's, it's not a problem to me because, as I said earlier, it's, it's, it's just a wrong booking. But I think in, in the enticement stage of a, of a set, the early, the first hour maybe, you, you actually might waste the first hour, hour trying to win them over, especially if it's a sort of a music... Uh, chin strokey sort of crowd where they, where everyone's looking at you going right I've heard about you come on then let's see what you've got that kind of vibe that can be complicated and it and you might have to spend the whole bloody set trying to win them over and then never feel that you have but these days um I think most people who come to see me know who I am I don't pull a massive crowd I've got then you know the people who people who like me like me for what I do and 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 my gigs are I don't play big gigs. I'm, you know, so I, my gigs are are usually full. I think perhaps in the past, uh, you know, I mean, for me, a shit gig would be an empty one. You know, you 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 haven't pulled a crowd necessarily, or you're in a city where someone's playing down the road. Richie Horton's playing down the road, and it's like everyone's gone there because they want to be at the big gig. So, with all your excitement for the gig, it just doesn't really quite happen. Again. Perhaps not your fault. The bigger man wins sometimes, in, in especially in other countries. So I think you just have to be. I think I learned this at art school. You have to be prepared to to fail, you know, and you have to, in order to try things, you, you to go out there a little bit. You 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 have to be you have to accept that maybe it won't work. And 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 for me, it's never been enough for me intellectually to stick to a formula or do the safe thing or I don't know, do what you. Because often even doing what you think they want is 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 not what they want. Or and as, as I say, going back to what I said earlier, this, this whole thing of now this informed crowd that you didn't have before. Most of the people in the past, you were the bloke with the records, and they didn't have the records, and they were mostly happy to just listen listen to you because you were the one with the records. And now you've you, I mean. There's nothing worse than these sort of know-it-alls that we've got now. You know, they just come up asking for stuff, and it's like, listen, I'm, I'm not a request kind of guy. Just let me do my thing. If you don't like it, go home. You know, or it's, or, 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 you know, or just listen, or suffer it a bit, or just try and give it a chance. Or, but don't be keep coming up and asking for stuff because now you're enjoying the fact that you know the. Oh, have you got this? It's like. Uh, yeah, I've got that, but it's at home and I'm not going to play it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, go this, is, it. this is a new species of people. This like, it's a, 
it's worse than the chin strokers because the chin strokers have got they they always knew they always knew the stuff. This is a sort of like weirdo kind of guy that's only come it's only come since the internet you know it's like it's, they've got everything off youtube and it's just like they just really i don't know it's strange anyway with respect to those people it's, it's good to have them there but it's like they can be a bit irritating <laughs> have you ever done a gig where you've had to we've just gone okay hasn't gone that well Record bags, zip it up, down, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, and also, you know, there's an array of of wonderful comments that we have throughout time. And you know, people coming up and saying, um, "It's funny, people coming up and actually being directly rude and really being really quite rude about what you're doing." Um, but then the subtle comments that that are really based in politeness in a sense that sort of. Uh, is it going to be like this all night? Or you know, is, <laughs> but I think the I think the most punishing example of what you're saying is is um, is being told by the promoter at the end. You know, you're you're back in the office getting paid, trying to sort of count the money, drunk, and 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 and, and the, the promoter was. I, I remember once I played in Istanbul, and the, uh, it's, that, that's that's that, that that was always a city that I loved, and I would constantly go back to. And but the gigs never really went 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 that well because they. Perhaps it was quite new, you know, at that, at that point. Techno, I think the so. best the best word for Istanbul clubs is bizarre. Yeah, and bizarre's great, but but bizarre, but, bizarre. Yeah, 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 completely. <laughs> and I mean, they've got that brilliant jazz heritage and rock yeah. and t- things like that. But techno and house, and it, it was it was very new. And people, I think, people were trying to sort of work out where they liked it. And you got you've got people in front of you with their, you know guys in front of you with their arms folded, and you know just staring at you it's like but i remember i remember this i remember getting paid by this guy and he the promoter and he's he, he's paying me and said uh i sort of i knew it hadn't gone that well and i said you know nervously so how did it go tonight and he said well it was okay but i, I think the people were expecting more you know and it's this is like a sort of when you know it hasn't gone well this is like a, a sort of a sword going through you, <laughs> you know? it's okay right okay i'll pack my stuff up and go and you sort of feel like you should give some of the money back or something you know it's kind of like <laughs> okay so we've got craig craig richards with us today it's really brilliant to see you and to have you here we've uh, known each other on and off over the years um i've seen you on airplanes and uh heard you in <laughs> clubs and and all that sort of stuff. And I think you're one of the absolute foundations of UK club culture. I wanted to find out a little bit about um, where you come from, how you got into it and what made you a DJ. In answer to your question, I, I went to, my dad used to work for British Airways. So I used to go to America a lot with cheap flights and I bought records and was put onto records and started spending the money I could on records. And, and slowly, slowly I had a record collection and then when we started putting on parties and I was at art school, I was the guy with the records. Probably much the same as you, I imagine, you know. And that's why you become the guy that's playing the records, but not necessarily the DJ. Um, and for years, I only had one deck, you know. It was, I just never... It was just something, it was a supporting information to what I was doing. I was art school. We, we used to put on parties in the... Um, the I was at St Martin's, so the, the, the coffee bar at St Martin's in Charing Cross Road was the first place the Sex Pistols played. So that was always our little buzz, you know, that that, that, that had gone on. It was in Soho, potentially, so it's like having a little venue in Soho. It was easy, it was, security wasn't what it is now. It was easy to pile people in there. 
from around the corner at the French house and the coach and horses and stuff. So we had a little man-made venue and people that were into music. And then I guess 87, I went there and um, acid house culture happened uh, and, and house music happened. I went, to, I, we just used to go out all the time. I used to come to your thing at Bar Rumba. We used to go to Blood Sugar at, at, at Blue Note. And we just, I used to go and listen to, we used to go out all the time and, and, it, and listen to, all genres of music I was never and still not obsessed with one genre of music it has to be there has to be variety the ideal record bag is from somewhere like Rough Trade where you walk out with seven inches blues folk jazz techno you know that's my ideal record bag and it's still it always it always will be so um, it was just something that I got hooked on very easy, and I think also with with older friends, you can you kind of follow what they're into. And perhaps in the beginning, I, I remember thinking that it was um, some of it was too heavy for me in a sense. Like the first time I listened to things like Weather Report, and you know, I don't know, just some sort of you know Eric Dolphy out to lunch when you're sixteen, seventeen, and so you're being told it's fucking amazing, but you're only sort of going with it because you think these people who are five years older than you are cool. So you're running with that. And then slowly, slowly, it becomes clear why it's amazing and you actually honestly get it. <laughs> and you can go back to them and go, I, I get it now. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I did, I honestly didn't before, but I was just running with it. And um, so that, yeah, I think that, that, that always, that, that's an inroad, you know, and I think if you're lucky enough to have older friends, I'm sure, I'm sure this is a constant. People are still going through this experience. If you're have, lucky enough to have older friends, I am now an older friend to, to people. And, you know, I'm really happy to, almost excited when someone doesn't know an album and you're like, really, you don't know that album? And you lay it on them as it was laid on me and you can blow their minds. And this is still DJing. Even if you're around your flat, laying something, laying an album on someone, sit down, listen to this. This is DJing. It's, 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 it's the sharing process of DJing, which is actually what you're doing when you DJ. Because I think ultimately you're, you're in a situation where you've found and bought the records. Then you get this wonderful experience of playing them loud. But your main aim is that everyone loves them as much as you do. That's really that's really kind of what you're doing, and if it doesn't go so well, they don't like it as much as you do. You know, we've all had times when it doesn't go so well, or you haven't connected, or maybe you, maybe it's a wrong booking. You have to be strong and think that it's not it's not you, it's not the records. These are still my records. It was a wrong booking. It just didn't go that well, and 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 I th I think that there has to be some sort of purity and honesty to what you do, and if you're you know, someone, one of those guys that was a friend of mine when I first started DJing, he just said to me, don't ever play a record you don't like or don't love because the minute you do that, you become a DJ. And so I think it has to be, it has to be a heartfelt thing. You're you're not, whilst you want to pre please the crowd, you can't be a crowd pleaser. It's just, you, I, well, for me, not. There, there are plenty of people who are great DJs and they they really feed the crowd and they give the crowd a great time. Interesting thing as you say that I'm thinking because if you've been doing this for long enough certain things strengthen in you and certain things weaken in you in a certain way it depends how you want to look at it but I I think I'm a better DJ now mm. in one way because as you say if you've done it for long enough you've got a sort of third eye and you've got a different sense and you can kind of just fix things quicker um, but on the flip side of that, that sort of 
youthful zest and excitement and you don't have that as much anymore right because you've got excitement and, and, and adrenaline but you know I think there's a certain maybe something more subversive about when you start this thing innocent I guess yeah. innocence yeah, yeah. which people you know which connects you with people of that age you know so when I was 24 DJing with other people who were all like between sort of 18 and 30 you know I was in it but now the age thing is a dis an interesting thing and it doesn't really affect I mean it doesn't it only affects yourself because I think that people don't see it that way yeah 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 completely but um yeah it's an interesting thing so on one hand I'm better I'm sure I'm better but on another hand I'm maybe more removed from that floor well I think also the other thing about that is I, I think Am I overthinking well, it? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think you are at all. I think you're right. But I think I think that one of the things that certainly I could add to that is that when you're young, or to, when you're younger, your your friends are in front of you. It's more, the, more of the, more, the the audience is more to do with your friends. One of the things now that I find is that you know my guest list is relatively small these days. <laughs> certainly not from my older friends or from people my age. I mean, and and so. I think playing to, you know, the first years of Fabric, I played for the first sort of seven or eight years, I played every week at the end. And the 300 people in front of me, the, 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 the 300 behind, I didn't know, but the 300 people at the front were my friends. So that there's a comfort in that. They're, they're obviously on your side. I think that's, that certainly is one thing that's taken away from what you just, from, from, from what you just described. Um, and I, 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 my enthusiasm's still there. I think. I think certainly one of the things that's different is di as you get older, is disappointment is harder to absorb. So if it's a shit gig, it's a shit gig. Whereas when when you're younger, you, you, you know, you, matter. you're just happy to get a gig. And and even if it's even if it's not that good and not that busy, you've got ten of your mates there, and you just you're just happy to hear the records loud. And so so that that's the innocence. There's a simplicity about it. Um, I mean, for me, one of the greatest buzzes was hearing them loud. I think when I first DJed, I DJed in this gay club in Bournemouth. Um, when again, when I was too young to even be in there, and it was just about hearing them loud. It was a massive thing to to have these tunes and to hear them loud on on prop. And those days would have been, you know, those with those horrible Citronic belt drive DJ units. Do you remember those from the early days? Citronic Thames. Yeah, those and yeah. a really bouncy deck. Yeah. Funny, just a crossfader. And you and you were never the, in those days, I mean it's funny this little booth, it was in the corner of the room. You could barely get in there yourself. You certainly wouldn't have had a you couldn't have got a mate in there. You weren't in this kind of like altar figure, centre of the room, lifted up, everyone looking at you, just in a dark little corner. It was it was mad how the DJs become this sort of uh, point of worship, if you like, within a room. You know, I always find that really funny, and and actually, I'm always very uncomfortable with it. You know, it's not I it's not, I don't like being up from the crowd. I don't like being lit. I, you know, it's, I'd rather be in a private kind of like in my own little space. It's I, and the last thing I want is loads of people really looking at me because it's not that, that star quality aspect of DJing is something that I'm. I'm uh, we're neither interested in or nor comfortable with it. Is is I I'm quite a shy person really. That 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 part of DJing is is not the bit that I'm interested in. Sort of everyone looking at me, waving my hands in the air. That's it's, it's, or punching there. It's I don't like I don't really like it. And and um, have you ever found yourself punching the air? Um, 
not not punching the air, no, but but sort of maybe voguing or something, you know, accidentally. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm not really a punching the air kind of guy, but you know, it's I've, there's certainly been moments where I've got into it a bit too much and realised everyone's looking at me, but. You know, it's like, but anyway, but as I say, back to that thing of it being, you know, hearing them loud. That I'm sure you felt the same. It's like it was quite, a, it's quite a buzz because I, I never, I, I only really, to be honest, I only recently got a good sound system at home. You know, I never ever had good sound systems, and no one I knew did really. So to hear, to, and as I say, this probably wouldn't have been a good sound system either. But it was loud, and it's very different when you when you when when you tr- translate your own music to that especially funk and you actually you know or reggae even which I used to play a lot of you you, you know you're you, you for the first time you hear bass and it's overwhelming because it's not only an, it's not an oral thing anymore it's a physical thing so when you so for instance when I first moved to London we used to go to Abishanti and things like that it's a such a physical thing to hear music loud um, that I think did become one of my obsessions I love it. I, I'm just really loving how honest these um, subjects have been for this series, The Psychology of DJing. Thank you once again to Craig for coming in and being so honest. Meanwhile, you can find more episodes of this series by going on to We Transfer. There were already episodes by Seth Troxler, IG Culture and more. This podcast is presented by We Transfer Studios, Giles Peterson and Worldwide FM. Visit wetransfer.com slash thisworks to see more of our creative collaborations.